Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. My name is John Rivero, and today I've got a very special guest, Connell Valentine. Well, I'm not going to introduce Connell because I want to let him do that. Connell is the other half of Zero to Hired. He is a blogger, course developer, writer, you name it, he does it all. Connell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, John. It's finally great to be here on this side of the mic. (laughs) Yeah, no, Connell, you know, I'm excited that, uh, you know, we talk about stuff all the time. And really what I wanted to do with this episode of the Zero to Hired podcast, which is the last episode for 2018, is to really look at the year in review. Because there's been a lot of things that have happened in career development, job search in 2018. And I wanted to make sure that we took a moment to review everything holistically so we can give our audience some greater insight into what they should be doing going into 2019. And actually, what we might even talk about is some possible trends in terms of you know, what's coming, how can you prepare, and what you can do to really be successful. So, Connell, let's go right into this because I, I, you know, I love to take action and really do things quickly. So, in terms of some of the greatest insights that you've seen in 2018, from your perspective, what have they been? Well, it's been a, a crazy and exciting year for sure. And, you know, there have been so many insights when I look through the past year. I think the one that stands out the most is probably the the podcast that I did with Vinil, which was episode 10. Um, because, you know, one of the, the biggest things, concerns that new Canadians have coming out here is they're all hopeful to get a job before coming in here. But there's a lot of stigma out there that's saying that's impossible, you can't do it. And the reason why Vinil stood out was because he defied all odds. He had a job offer before landing here. And, uh, you know, that podcast podcast with him was uh, really insightful because he explained how exactly he did that. And that was essentially through effective networking and relationship building on LinkedIn. Yeah, actually, and I know one of the platforms that he used very heavily to really build those relationships, those effective relationships, was through LinkedIn. And actually, we interviewed a LinkedIn expert very early on in the year. I think she's episode two, Shelley Islinger. And she talks about how you can leverage it to really develop those relationships so when you land, you can actually get the job ahead of time. And actually, and we've seen this over and over, like we, you know, this isn't just a one-time occurrence. It wasn't just one person that had, that, you know, landed the job before they got there. Is anybody else come to mind in terms of, you know, what that, when that happened? Oh yeah. So there was someone who I coached from who was currently living in Singapore. And uh, he, he got a job offer before landing here as well. So once again, through effective networking to reaching out to the people directly uh, with an effective job application process, really tailoring his resume to what the market wanted, understanding what the market wanted first in the first place. That's how he eventually got his foot through the door and uh, got a job offer before landing here. So I know some of the concerns that newcomers have is, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions. There's no jobs or it's impossible to get a job in Canada before you arrive. I know, and let, let's state this really clearly first, you know, before you come to Canada, you need to have your PR papers. You can't just show up and say, hey, I'm gonna apply 
through the process and get the job afterwards. You have to get your papers first, so I just wanted to qualify that. The other thing is really building up the confidence to go out there. I know e even today I had a coffee with a gentleman who worked for Oracle in India, and he had a long resume of things uh, in terms of experience and technical background. And what he said made him successful in Canada was really making sure that he listed and built those relationships ahead of time. And he actually showed up in Canada two months ago, and he's already working for a large telecom organization. So the myth, and he was told the same misconceptions a lot of new Canadians are given. Hey, there's no jobs in Canada. It's very tough out here. You know, you're, you're going to struggle to get a job. And when you get a job, you're going to have to go very, 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 very low. You have to start from the bottom. And what I found with him, yes, he took one step down from where he was back in India, but he's only one step down, and it's only two months later. And, you know, his family is saying, wow, that's that's not reality. And I'm like, well, it is reality because he's doing it, right? And we see it over and over. So outside of preparation, so what would be some of the key things that you would do for preparation once you have your PR, your permanent residency card for Canada? What would you start doing? What would be like the very first thing that we learned in 2018 that you should be doing as a new Canadian trying to get into the Canadian workforce? So it even goes further back before the PR card. So the PR card is the PR approval. They call it the core PR, confirmation of PR, is, is something that says that, okay, you've been approved for permanent residency. But prior to that, what happens much earlier on is that you get an invitation to apply. And I think that could happen several months, maybe even close to a year. Uh, b before you actually are physically in Canada. And I think at that point, that's when you start building those relationships online uh, with people on LinkedIn. And then again, it goes back to confidence. We talk about confidence a lot. A lot of people related to the interview. Confidence exists even when how you connect with people on, on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You have to have the confidence to, to voice your opinion, to speak up, to share articles with them, offer them value. And you know, tell them what you thought of the article and ask them of their opinion as well. This is the one, so this is one way of building those relationships right from the moment you get your ITA uh, to actually connect with the people online. Essentially, you know, I keep saying this over and over again. If you want to shorten your job search, you got to be spending as much time as possible speaking to the people who have the power and authority to hire you. Right? And that just makes sense, right? Yeah, well, and actually that's been one of our greatest insights in 2018 is really making that connection ahead of time because that actually makes the whole process much easier. And once you start building that bridge, and, and, and we see this all the time, you know, both you and I, and actually as owners of Zero to Hired, people are always asking us for jobs. And so, yeah, share your opinion on it because I know I have an opinion, but I'll let you share your opinion. You're my guest today. So talk to us about that. So literally just before we walked into this room, I was looking through LinkedIn and someone sent me the default. Hey, there's a, a job opening at your company. You know, can you refer me to it? Uh, you know, I'm free to chat if you want. I, I know that's the default LinkedIn because I get that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and this I don't know this person. They, they connected to me at some point earlier on in, in you know, I, I can't even remember when. But this is what people do. They ask for things straight off the bat all the time. And I can tell you, John, there's not been a single instance where someone uh, has offered value to me. Actually, sorry, 
I take that back. There has only been one person who was actually offered some value without asking for a job or referral or anything like that. He just shared an article with me um, and I was obliged to reply. I said, you know what, thanks a lot. Um, you know, it was really nice of you to, to share this right. article and you know, you didn't ask for anything in return. These are the kind of people that I respond to. But for everyone else, you know, I get pinged a lot on LinkedIn. I just tend to ignore everything else. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. And actually, one of the things that we learned with our podcast One of the things that we learned through our podcast with Shelly is don't use the default settings within LinkedIn because everybody knows what those look like. You know, we talked about, and actually this is one of the biggest takeaways in 2018 as well, is customize your message every single time. And to tell you the truth, it's not that much more work. It's slightly more work, yes, but it's going to give you the highest advantage point to making that connection and really building that relationship with somebody new. So. You know, don't be a default, don't use, and it's great because it's nice and easy because you could be sitting on a subway somewhere or you could be, you know, in transit or whatever and using the, 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 the templates that are provided through LinkedIn. Don't be a default, right? Be custom. And you think about it, custom things, usually they're appreciated more, they're valued more, and they're noticed more, yeah. right? So outside of, not being a default. Any other major insights that you've learned this year, Connor? Well, I think, um, you know, since I've been here for three years, uh, one of, I've had to have a, learning, a sharp learning experience on Canadian work culture as well. I did all the research before coming out here in Dubai, but it's only when you're really in here in mm -hmm. the thick of things, you actually see that, wow, there was a huge difference with the way things are done out here versus back home. And, you know, there's, I could go on and on about the various things on Canadian culture, but I think one of the biggest things that hit me was you, you can't really rely on your manager to tell you what to do. I know it sounds weird, right? <laughs> but, yeah. But that's really what, uh, what I discovered out here. It's, it's up to you as an individual to, to seek out and look at what problems your department or your team is facing and, and go into fixing those problems and taking ownership and uh, solving those problems yourself and actually relying on your manager as a last resort. Because at the end of the day, your manager is an employee too. He has or she has their own manager, which they're trying to do the same things for. Yeah, right? so ultimately so, somebody reports to somebody. Yeah. Even yeah. the CEO of an organization reports to the board of directors. Yeah. Because they're the ones that really provide guidance for the organization. So, exactly. So how does that translate into interview preparation. So knowing what you know, how would you translate that into interview preparation? So a lot of the cultural differences are around leadership, teamwork, feedback from your manager, your relationship with your manager. So you will get asked questions at the interview. Uh, when I was applying uh, for one of the jobs out here, one of the toughest questions I got was, uh, how would you uh, treat somebody who is difficult to work with on your team. Now, I know already from understanding the culture that the wrong answer would be to go, I'm going to go and complain to that person's manager about it. I know in some cultures that would be the right answer. Yeah, definitely not the right answer here in Canada. Absolutely sure. not. When you have an issue with someone, you handle it with them directly one-on-one. -on -one. Not in an open setting, not in a private, not, not in a public environment, but you do it 
and not in a team meeting. Mm-hmm. You do it privately, one-on-one with the person, and you have a, a conversation which is uh, respectful. Right? You, you voice your disagreement, you voice your concerns, but you do it very respectfully. Now, this is just one of the examples uh, that, that comes to mind. Yeah, and actually, and just building on top of that, you know, you're not going to resolve the conflict or the challenge in a single sitting. It's going to take you multiple sittings. And when you talk to your hiring manager, the person interviewing you, what you want to do is you want to walk them through the process that you're taking to resolve the issue. Yeah. And I think this is what really makes you stand out to say, hey, I, I took this step and this step and this step. Whether the outcome was positive or negative, so meaning either it changed for the better or it didn't change at all, at least you walk that person through the process to help them understand what your logic and your thinking was as you were trying to you know, correct or, or fix that relationship with that other person. Right. Because the one thing I, I've heard, and you've probably heard this in many years of interviewing, is you know when that question comes up, have you ever had a challenging relationship with somebody or had a challenging work environment with somebody? And people will say, no, I get along with everybody. That, too, is the wrong answer. Yeah. And you think about it. Having a conflict doesn't necessarily mean you have a challenge with somebody at work. It could just mean my wife and I went to the movie theater. We couldn't decide on what movie we were we wanted to watch. We had a discussion around it, and then we made a decision. Right. So providing the example is key, especially in Canada, right? Right. Because conflicts are part of our natural work environment. Unless you're in a hierarchical environment where... Regardless of what you think, the person above you is always going to be correct. And actually, we see this quite a lot, right? Right. So this also is another type of question where there's a cultural difference, where uh, there could be questions around leadership, right? So um, they, they might ask you, how do, how do you act as a leader towards your team? And again, the wrong answer would be, well, I tell them what to do, and I instruct them that this is what needs to be done, and I give them explicit instructions on uh, how to solve the problem. That's not how you do things in Canada. What I've learned is that your manager is there purely f- to give you high-level direction and guidance, but it's on you to figure out how to solve the issue. Um, and that's really because you have to be independent, self-reliant, so that the manager is has got time to solve his or her own issues with their manager. Yeah, so there, there, there's, a, you know, just building on top of that, there's a lot of expectation that you're very independent in your role. So it's one thing to go validate information and validate that you're in the right direction, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of independence in terms of what you're doing in your day-to-day. Yep. And I find a lot of teams seldomly get together with their management team, their managers right. or the people above them. So how is somebody, you know, from an interview perspective, how do you bring that across the table that you can work independently with them? So you'd have to narrate some kind of story that, that you can reflect on. So a question might come across as, uh, tell me about one of the biggest projects that you've worked on, right? So typically someone who comes in from a collective society, uh, they would say, they would respond by saying, well, you know, we had this project where we did this and we did that, and we solved this problem, we did that. Now, you might think you answered great, but all the hiring manager heard was we, 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 we. The hiring manager wanted to know what you explicitly did. So this goes back to the prep work. This is the stuff that you need to think about before you land in Canada so that you can prepare to answer questions like this. You need to really sit in and think 
to yourself what is it that you specifically did uh, at the major milestones in your own career. Uh, I know that culturally there are a lot of people out there who, who believe that tasks are generally assigned to an entire team, but you you got to narrow it down. you got to single yourself out from everyone else. I know it's hard because you probably never did it before, but you got to single yourself out, think about the strengths, Think ask yourself this question. It's a coaching question that you ask yourself. Why do people come to me versus, or what are those situations where people would come to me versus somebody else? Asking yourself that question, giving it some thought would sort of help you narrow down what are you good at, what your skills are, and then would help you realize, okay, this is how I contribute to this project. And that's what needs to come out at the interview. Yeah, no, definitely using more I words instead of more we words. Yeah. I did this. I, you know, took action on this. I implemented this. That's key. And actually, we've met with a lot of recruiters this year, and we chatted with them around this, and they said, yes, absolutely. People who come in into an interview room need to have specific details around what they did for the project. You know, we're all members of a team at some point. Nobody works independently. Nobody works as an island. But bringing that I word back into the conversation says it shows what you're capable of doing to the hiring manager. Yeah. And they want to know the specifics. And you got to be careful. You can't give too many specifics because there might be company secrets you're giving away. But you definitely want to get across how independent you are and how you're able to come up and think of new creative ways of solving problems. So related to this, I also wanted to touch on Canadian experience. Because this is uh, you know, a, a stigma that exists out there. It's a real problem. I'm not going to deny it. Oh, it yeah. happens today as well. I still hear stories of it. Uh, but when you understand the Canadian work culture and you bring that into the interview, as we just mentioned, uh, this is where you, you can fight the stigma. Because this is something I say to everyone. When you ask anybody out there, where have you faced the Canadian experience problem? They say, well, I faced it at the interview. Uh, and Canadian experience means working in Canada. So if, I ha if you're not going to give me work, then how can I get Canadian experience? So my response to that is always, if Canadian experience means working in Canada, what were you doing at the interview in the first place? Your resume already shows that you never worked in Canada. Why did the hiring manager bother calling you in? And they don't have a response to that. It just goes to show that it's something that you did at the interview that turned the hiring manager off. And they played the Canadian experience card to get you out of the room. Yeah, and, I, and so you, you make a really valid point. If you've gotten to the point where you get into the room with the hiring manager, there's something that you're not doing right in the room. Right? And actually, we've covered this topic through some of the content that we've put out, through some of the blogs and some of the, some of the podcasts that we even did because we talked about confidence because this, again, comes back to confidence and understanding the work environment. Um, yeah, this is, you know, Canadian, you know, and, you know, at, we're using a blanket statement, but I don't think it's it's specific for everybody and for every organization. But some people will use you don't have Canadian experience as as an excuse for not hiring you because there's something that you didn't do right in the interview room. Right. So the goal is to make sure that you know, like you understand Canadian culture. And actually, we did a podcast with somebody who is an idols examiner. Yep. And she talks about how to learn about Canadian culture. And actually, in the last pod, in the last podcast we did as well, in episode twenty-two, we talked we touched on Canadian experience from somebody who was a Chinese Indian immigrant. So you know, you definitely have I know. So somebody who moved to the states, 
lived in India, lived in China, came back to the States and came back to Canada. So, um, yeah, very interesting mix. <laughs> but definitely the Canadian experience piece is always going to be a challenge. But if you're doing all the right things to get into the room, then it's just a matter of how you bring that across. Right. And now, making sure that you're successful at it as well, right? Yeah. Now, again, depending on the industry, sometimes Canadian experience is a valid reason, especially if you're, if you're in a regulated uh, profession, uh, you know, like let's say you're you're an engineer that that builds bridges, bridges. Now you've been building bridges in the Middle East your whole life. I'm not going to I'm not going to drive on a bridge that you're going to try and build in Canada that that needs to sustain minus fifty degrees Celsius. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. If so, you're, yeah, if you, you're building a bridge in Canada, it's and depending on where you build it in Canada too, right? Right. Because there's places that are colder, places that are warmer, right? Yeah. So so there are legitimate areas in the regulated field. In the non-regulated field as well, I would say sales and marketing perhaps. Or sales more than more than marketing. Because if I, I coached uh, an executive uh, director who was currently in India. And he was concerned about getting into, uh, he was the head of sales at, at a telecommunication company in India. And he was worried that he wouldn't get the job at the same level out here in Canada. So I asked him a coaching question. I said, if I was coming from Canada to India, can I do your job? <laughs> he said, no, there's no way you can do my job until you understand the local market. So there you go. Right? So it's sometimes some jobs require you to understand the local market as well. So you've got to take that into perspective as well. And, and this is, again, going back to networking. Uh, really speaking to people uh, in your industry, uh, which will help these areas. Yeah, and, and the beauty is there's a lot of information out there around particular industries. You know, in one of the courses that we built out this year, we talked about how to connect with associations uh, to understand the local market, you know, yeah. to, to be more effective. So... You know, one of the things as 20 year 18 progressed, actually zero to hired went through quite a few changes as well. You want to just tell us a little bit about that so people know what it is that we've been doing to evolve with the current market that's out there. So we, I think one of the, the, the best things that we did was we reached out to our audience. We sent out a lot of feedback, uh, a lot of surveys as well to know how we're doing. And that's what we do, you know, going forward all the time. We, we want to make sure that what we're putting out there for the people is is meeting the challenges and the problems that they're facing or the concerns that they have. We don't know, uh, you know, what someone might be going through personally because everyone's situation is unique. Um, so I think one of the, the biggest feedback and the most common issues that we get is that people don't get calls for interviews. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, we wanted to create online courses that focused on the, the steps that you need to, to at least get the call for the interview. Uh, and we've got some extensive courses out there. In terms of evolution in, in, in what we did, uh, we spent a good portion of the year coaching people one-on-one. -on -one. We started off that way. And it was a great, great, I still coach people today. It was a great learning experience for me personally as well um, to, to really understand where people are coming from and you know what, what are the challenges that they're uniquely facing. Now, with all the folks that I coach, I've, you know, found patterns and trends that were very consistent. Everyone had issues that seemed pretty much uh, standard across. So we got more efficient at what we did, right? So we converted our coaching program into much more affordable and efficient 
online courses. Yeah, and actually one of the things that I like with that is uh, how we're able to train people in different time zones across the world and having the same type of content that we would have in a coaching session just online that walks you through the same steps that take you step by step. And we know, and, and we're not here to toot our horns, but we know that the content is rich, the content is, it, it really works, right? Like it's, to hear the, some of the feedback that we've received, to tell you the truth, it blows us away sometimes to find out the successes that people have had with this content. So it's definitely there. So as we go into 2019, because now we're, we're approaching the end of our podcast and we're also approaching the end of the year. As we go into 2019, is there anything specific that people should be looking out for as they're deciding to make that transition from, you know, anywhere in the world into Canada? Well, the one thing I would advise people in 2019 is that, you know, the, the competition is, is going to get a lot more. We have a lot more immigrants coming in. Um, you know, now I'm no economics expert, but we are currently at the lowest unemployment rate in Canada. So there's a lot of jobs out there. There's just as, as many, uh, there's just as much competition for those jobs as well. But, you know, once that bubble bursts, uh, oil prices, real estate, you know, whatever happens, uh, you know, the market's going to go down as well, and it's going to get even more competitive. Uh, and I think the one consistent message is to do what you have to do to stand out in that market. That's that's really what it's all about. Um, I can go on and on talking about the ways in which you can stand out, uh, but we've pretty much covered all of those in our courses. Yeah. So it's everything from, you know, connecting with someone on LinkedIn, the way you connect with someone, uh, in the direct emails that you send out to hiring managers after you apply for the job online. Customizing your resume is a given, um, but it's really it. Majority of the work goes in into the research and putting yourself out there. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're absolutely correct. And yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. 2019, as the market becomes more challenging, just overall, fighting for positions is going to get more difficult. So this is why we constantly do the research. This is why we're constantly connecting with you guys to understand what it is, what kind of challenges you're going through. So we can narrow in and actually create content that's specific for the challenges that you're facing. So with that, we're, we're now end of time. Is there anything that's big or happening for you that uh, you want to share with our audience? Well, actually, you know, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a great 2018. Um, you know, we, we both got promotions this year <laughs> at our day jobs. <laughs> so congratulations, John. Yeah, you too, Connor. Congratulations. <laughs> And I, and I think, you know, uh, what's really key over there is, you know, a lot of, you know, new Canadians are coming to Canada and they, they say that they're willing to take a couple of steps down the ladder. Uh, and, you know, that's probably the right thing to do uh, because, you know, they, they need the Canadian experience to, to get back, you know, to get that first job. And, to re and it's all about climbing back up that ladder to the level that they deserve to be at. So, you know, that's that's the beauty of our courses, right? You, you you buy a course and you have that for life. And I've used those philosophies from start to finish. I know. So, actually, I just wanted to, to just add one more thing to what you were saying. If you're going to take a step back, don't take a step so far back that you're starting from scratch. You know, if you need to, and we've seen this, where people take one step down or two steps down, but they're able to recover quickly and actually get back on track within a year or two. 
and actually get back to the level that they were at. So, you know, taking a step down doesn't mean working, you know, uh, an entry level survival type job. When you do the proper preparation, you're going to take a step back, but only one step back, which means maybe one roll down or two rolls down, but it's not going to take you back to the beginning or survival job. And this is what we see a lot too. And this is the one thing that we're, we're very passionate about is helping you not do those survival jobs and actually helping you get into the industry, the field that you really belong in. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's about doing the job that you want as well. Yeah. Well, Connell, thank you for your time today. Thank you for being part of the Zero to Hire podcast. Well, I know 20, 2018 has been, this is episode 23, so it's been, we've had many interesting conversations this year. So if you are in the process of looking for work, make sure to check out some of those other podcasts. You know, regardless of the issue that you're, you're facing, we know that we have an interviewer that addresses that challenge and that issue. Uh, but for our audience, we just wanted to say a big thanks for, for being supporters and believers in what we do. We know we have quite a following globally, actually. It's not just here in North America, but globally. And we wanted to say thanks because you're the reason why we're here and you're the reason why we keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, Connell, you wanted to add something? Absolutely. You know, my, my thanks extends to Zero to Hired fans as well. Um, John, you know, you're, you're the person usually behind the mic, but and I'm the one behind the keyboard. Uh, so <laughs> it's it, it's it's good match. I like it's that. a good match. Yeah. So you know, throughout the year, I've received uh, you know so many compliments and uh, you know so had so many discussions and sometimes even arguments on Quora. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's great to see that you know there's so many people out there who who want to make it in Canada and they followed our content and they've given us you know such such great compliments and uh, a real heartfelt thanks to to everyone who's done that. Uh, we we are going to get back into creating some solid content in 2019 as well uh we've slowed down a bit because we are creating those courses for you guys but once 2019 kicks in we're going to get back out there and get back into Quora and yeah. answer the questions that you have no uh, you know it's a great way to summarize Connell. so fantastic thank you for that and um yeah yeah you said it all in 2019 we're going to revolutionize what we're doing you know, just like all of you, we're also looking to improve and really challenge ourselves to take ourselves to the next level. So we're going to make sure that we create that content that's going to address all the challenges that you're facing. You know, we, you know, and the one thing we don't talk about a lot is our mission is to help 100,000 people get into the workforce successfully. So, and we do that through our blogs, we do that through our courses, we do that through our content. Our goal is to help you become successful because we know what it's like to be new Canadians and to go through those struggles. And if we can help you avoid that and actually land a job a lot quicker, we know that it serves the community better, it serves your family better, it just makes the world better. So that's kind of what drives us to keep doing what we're doing. So with that, I'm going to sign off on this episode of the final episode of the Zero to Hired podcast in 2018. Thanks again for listening in. Thanks again for supporting us. And we will catch you all in 2019. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.